We are here with another episode of More Layers. I'm Seth Mariano. And I'm Jordan Smith. It is another Saturday in April of 2021. And we are on our fourth episode now. Correct. We're just getting started. I think we're just starting to find our groove right now. Oh, yeah, we're getting there. And last episode, we kind of briefly touched upon the idea of animated studios using celebrities for the characters. So we decided that this week we're going to dive even deeper into this. Yeah, but before that, um, would it be all right if we um, talked a little bit about streaming? Yeah, sure. I'm okay with that. So do you have HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu, anything like that? I do have access to Netflix, Hulu, and Disney+. Plus. I got Disney+. Plus. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. well, we also got Netflix. Well, at first, if you had Netflix, you basically did have Disney+, Plus because all the Disney stuff was on there, but... They decided they want to have their own streaming service. And I think with Disney Plus, you get even more of Disney than you ever had on Netflix. You know, that is true. That is definitely true. Because now they have uh, the properties of Marvel, 20th Century Fox, I believe. Star Wars, of course. And yep, I think they, they got have... 20th Century Fox. Yeah, they got 20th Thank Century you. Fox. They do. Okay. And then I th think they also had National Geographic on there, but I'm not sure. Yeah, they do. They do. They do? Okay. Yeah, they've got The Simpsons, The Sandlot movies, both of them. Mm -hmm. um, one or two Diary of a Wimpy Kid films are on there as well. I had no idea. Yeah. So what exactly about streaming did you want to talk about? Well, I noticed when I was looking for stuff to talk about for this episode, I noticed um, there's a list of things that HBO Max has released this month. Okay. Just April 1st alone, they put out a bunch of stuff, and I thought we could briefly talk about some relatively familiar examples. Sure, go ahead. So the list of things they released on April 1st, Includes, but isn't limited to, The Bodyguard, which stars Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner. That okay. familiar to you? Uh, I know those names. I don't think I've seen it, though. Yeah, Whitney Houston plays a pop artist, and Kevin Costner is her bodyguard. Okay. Yeah, it, it was also... Uh, what Houston recorded her version of I Will Always Love You for. Oh, that's where that song came from. Okay. I'll have to check that out later then. Then there's Caddyshack, a comedy classic. That's not uh, Adam Sandler, is it? I don't know. I think Chevy Chase is in it, I think. Okay, I, I must be thinking of something else, because I feel like that sounds like a movie that Sandler did, but 
What, what's the one he did that was centered around golf? Huh. Happy Gilmore. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. Never mind. I was thinking caddy, so golf, you know. That... Yeah. Simple mistake. Yeah. Okay, so bodyguard, Caddyshack. And then there's Dirty Harry, starring Clint Eastwood. Okay. Um, Ella Enchanted, starring Anne Hathaway, who is also in the new Witches movie that I saw on HBO Max. All right. Um, Goodfellas, which Joe Pesci was in before Home Alone. Sure. Uh, Kicking and Screaming, a Will Ferrell movie. Familiar with that one? Uh, that is a Will Ferrell movie I'm not too familiar with. No, no. He plays the coach of his son's soccer team. Oh, okay. And then there's Risky Business, which is considered Tom Cruise's breakout film. Like when he first started getting popular? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the scene most people probably remember is him, him dancing to old-time rock and roll. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah, it's a scene that's been spoofed probably more times than we could count. I believe it. Yeah. yeah. And then Space Jam, which I'm guessing most people our age grew up with. And only now are they coming up with a sequel. Uh, I think they talked about it for a while. Uh, but well, they definitely did. For a while, um, I guess we weren't sure if, if uh, anything was going to become of it. That happens sometimes, you know. They talk about it, and then it gets canceled, you know. Now, uh, who's the basketball star in this one? Oh, LeBron James. Oh, it was him? I know they were saying he was going to be in it for a while. I wasn't sure if they stuck with that. That should probably make uh, some of my brother's friends happy, because he went to college in Ohio, uh, like in Canton, which is like an hour from Cleveland. And, and so he knew some people who uh, went to the World Series when mm-hmm. when the Indians hosted games. And and that same year, um, the Cavaliers won the NBA championship. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, the Indians didn't win the World Series. The Cubs did, though. Oh, pretty good, though. All right. And then there's Stuart Little. That's the uh, live-action one? Yep, yep. Actually, was there ever an yep. animated Stuart Little movie? Um, A direct-to-video animated movie, Stuart Little 3, Call of the Wild, yeah. I keep forgetting there was a third movie. I never saw it. But it, I did like the first one growing up. I will say that. It was good. And then there's the Tyler Perry film, Medea's Big Happy Family, which I saw on DVD and then more recently on TV. Okay. Uh, doesn't that have the actor that was in the Old Spice ads? I was going to mention that. Yeah. Look at your man. Now look at me. Now back to your man. Now back to me. 
Yep, that was him. <laughs> I was pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that before. Like, I started like, oh, reading online about the movie. Actually, yeah, I didn't know too much about it, but I remember at one point I was on uh, IMDb where you can look at the film. Excuse me, the filmography of different actors and such, and I was looking at him, and they're like, "Oh, he was in this." Mm-hmm. Because uh, you had like nostalgic memory about the commercial. Well, yeah, I had few times. To- I had. I'm sorry, I cannot talk today. Um, I had seen that ad a few times, and then I don't know if you know this, but there was like a Sesame Street spoof of that ad with Grover. Yeah, I saw like maybe the first few seconds of that. Yeah, I have a little soft spot for that one because I personally found it hilarious, but that's just me. It also stars Bow Wow. That is a rapper? Yeah. Okay. Um, from, um, well, was it Like Mike or Like Mike 2 or both? I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh... I also think, I think Bow Wow was also on the uh the masked singer i don't know if you know about that show oh yes 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 i um i watched that season yes i know he was uh the frog yes he was yeah yeah i just i pretty much remember him being like a kind of a bigger deal like back when we were kids like early 2000s Okay, so he was. Is he still doing stuff really at this point, or no? Yeah, I, I think he is. Because a lot of people, if they were popular in the two thousands, they're not so much now. But if he's still doing stuff, more power to him. Yeah, I think he did pretty good. Yeah, I think he finished in third. Yep, yep, that's right, third. Yeah, I remember when we were watching that season, we were thinking he was going to go all the way. And then in the final round when he performed, it just fell flat. Not saying it was bad, but it didn't live up to all his other performances, at least to me. Eh, I don't know. And, um, Candy Burris was good, too. Uh, which one was Candy Burris? The Night Angel. Right, right, yes. Yeah. I, I honestly completely forgot about her. And she was the one who won. Right, right. It's the uh, main reason I bring that up. Or the, or the only one. Yeah, I think... The season I remember most so far was actually the first season because I think that's the one that had uh, stars like Wayne Brady and Chris Daughtry. Actually, that was the second one. That was the second season? Yeah, it was. Oh, for some reason I thought it was the first one. Who who won the first one then? T-Pain. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
I think it was the monster too. Right. Like the original yes. monster. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't I didn't see the season, but I know that. Okay. Yeah. The the Rottweiler clues, a couple of the Rottweiler clues threw me off. Like like when he said 30 seconds and my so-called life. I thought it was Jared Leto. I was completely surprised to find it was Chris Daughtry. Well, I wasn't too surprised. And the only reason why I say that is because my sister and my brother, especially when we were growing up, they were big fans of Chris Daughtry. And my sister was watching that particular season and she caught on to some of the uh, different clues of his. And the more that came out, the more sure she was that it was him. And I think what really did it in surprisingly was a clue I think it had something to do with like drawing comics or comic book characters. But yeah, I don't once, remember that clue. It, it was something very similar to that, but once that one was shown, she pretty much knew it was him. And then at his final performance, when he was hitting some of the higher notes, it sounded a lot like him. So we're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's him. Yeah, well, I did see him in that Tyler Perry special, The Passion. Small world, huh? I don't think I've seen that. I sort of vaguely remember his voice from that. And then I think back to his voice on The Masked Singer, and and then two and two kind of comes together for me, you know? Yeah, sure. There you go. That's one way to connect him. And HBO Max also this month has, on dates past April 1st, released some notable titles like The Dark Knight Rises. Did they have the other Dark Knight movies on there, like Begins and just Dark Knight? At least not that they said was released this month. And do they always release... Uh their content on April 1st? Oh, well, this is stuff that um, that they've released other dates this month. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And then there's The Artist, which won a Best Picture Oscar. That was a silent movie, right? Oh. Or was it, or was it just a... Or, yeah, I think it was. Because I think I remember somebody I knew... When I was in the movie theaters, we actually crossed paths with them, and they were going to see what I believe was the artist, and they told us it was a silent film. I think that's the same movie, but I'm not sure. Possibly. And they also just put out Dreamgirls. Is that a recent movie, or is that an older one? I think it's like a ten-year-old like, musical movie. About okay, I'll have to look into that because I think there was a film with a similar name that I might have been thinking of. But yeah, so Dark Knight Rises, Artist, and Dreamgirls. You said, yep. All right. 
And for anyone who wants to see the full list, you can go to hbomax.com slash what's dash new. Do you need an account to do that or can you just go there? You can just go there. I just oh, went cool. there. And so our main topic is, as before, a big question. As uh, Jordan mentioned, today's big question, do animation studios rely too heavily on celebs? If and you're in I, this, oh, go, go ahead, on. go ahead. Go on. If you're in the same generation as me and Jordan, you probably remember growing up with work by countless big names in Hollywood but not seeing them on screen, just hearing them. Yeah, I would definitely say that because I have had several instances where I'll see a character whose voice I recognize, but if I saw them in a live action film, I might not have any idea who they are. Was there something else you were going to say when I started to say that? Oh, yeah, I was going to say like, one of the biggest points to make, at least for me, right off the bat, is that I believe one of the biggest reasons studios will cast celebrities in animated films is to help sell the film. And then as a bonus, many studios might also do this so that when parents take their kids to like a movie theater or any other place that's displaying a film, they will at least hear someone they recognize. I said some stuff similar to that for when I wrote stuff down to prepare for that. We'll, we'll get into that later. Okay. So examples may include, but again, are not limited to Billy Crystal, Robin Williams, Julia Roberts, Mel Gibson, John Goodman, Drew Carey, and Tom Hanks. Now, uh, should we briefly then go over at least one or two roles that each of those people did just so people have a better idea of who they were in case for some reason they don't know. Let's do it. Okay. So Billy Crystal, uh, at least in terms of voiceover work, one of his more well-known roles was Mike Wazowski in the Monsters, Inc. Monsters University films. Yep. Robin Williams, I would be very surprised if people didn't know some of his work. Yep. Genie and Aladdin. Yep. And Julia Roberts, the one, well, there are, I guess, technically, like, if you count live action CG hybrids, there's mm -hmm. Charlotte's Web and the Ant Bully. Didn't uh, Robin Williams and Julia Roberts also both star in that Peter Pan movie? Oh, uh, which one? Uh, the live action one. I think it was called Hook. I think it also I had like Dustin Hoffman as Hook himself and then Bob Hoskins as Smee. Oh, I know Williams and Hoffman were in that one. I want to say Julia Roberts was Tinkerbell. I'm not sure. All right, I'll have to double check that later, but... Yeah, you said both of those names. I'm like, wait, what? I think they were both in this movie. But yeah, I'll, I'll look that up later on. And then Mel Gibson, um, the only animation credits I know. Um, 
him to be him to have are Pocahontas and Trick and Run. Uh, who is he in those? Uh, Rocky the Rooster in Trick and Run and John Smith in Pocahontas. He was the rooster in Chicken Run, son of a gun. And then John yeah, uh, if, if if go we, ahead, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. thank you. Uh, again, if like for either of us or anyone listening, uh, INDB is a good source to use when looking up the experience people have had in basically any acting performances in general, but that does include animated films. Pretty much all all their resumes are right there for you. Yeah, pretty much. Even if it's including like directing or other forms of uh, things like that. And then John Goodman, whom is probably best known for his role on Roseanne, but has also done Monsters Incorporated, Emperor's New Groove. Right, he was Pacha. Right. Drew, uh, Car Drew Carey, the one animation credit I know him to have is Robots by Blue Sky Studios. Which uh, Robin Williams also did. Correct. And Tom Hanks. Toy Story, Polar Express. Was he the train conductor? Yep. Okay, because I hadn't seen that film in a while, but I was picturing some of them, and he seemed to be the one that fit. Now, in, in the opinion of Mr. Cote, who's a YouTuber that I like to watch, this mm -hmm. is a type of casting choice that's been seriously overdone. He has stated that sometimes studios sign celebs who fit the characters well, but then there are times when they pick certain actors just because they're famous. Which kind of ties into what I was saying earlier about, uh, like when I was saying that they do that to help sell the film. Because if people make a film with names that nobody knows, they feel less inclined to go see it. Possibly. He so argued, it definitely helps that they're famous. Maybe. He argued that some are brought in whom you can tell aren't genuinely enthusiastic about the project, and that there are some roles that would have been better played by someone who specializes in voice acting, like Billy West or Tara Strong. Now, we definitely know who Tara Strong is, but I'm not entirely sure on Billy West. Uh, I know he was the original voice of Doug for Nickelodeon. Okay. Uh, he's also uh, done maybe a voice or so for Disney. Can you think of any specific examples or no? If not, that's fine. Uh, no, no. Okay. But yeah, I definitely know who Tara Strong is. You know, when I wrote that last part I just read, I got an yep. idea for a curious question for you. Mm -hmm. Is there any character you can think of that's been voiced by a celebrity 
but you think would have been better played by Vic Magnonia. Ah, Vic Mignogna. For those who don't know who Vic Mignogna is, he's also voiced for several animated things. More so than others, he did anime as opposed to like American animation, for example. Uh, and I actually did have a couple ideas written down for this because I saw this comment made earlier, so I was better prepared. Uh, do you know about the upcoming movie Lightyear? No, I don't. It's a uh, kind of like a Buzz Lightyear solo film, though it doesn't take place in the regular Toy Story universe. It's kind of like a Buzz Lightyear origin story, like what the toy is based on, supposedly. I so don't... It's, so it's not necessarily like like about Buzz, like but about the inspiration for the character, rather? Well, it is a Buzz Lightyear character, but it's not like the toy. It's more so like who the toy was based on, like an actual Buzz Lightyear, kind of. So I guess it's not like a like a sort of live action Buzz Lightyear Star Command thing. I think it's which kind of like that only in animation form, but they haven't really said much about it yet. They've only said what the title was. I think they said approximately when it was coming out, and then they said who was voicing him. For those of you who don't know, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command is. Uh, was a short-lived animated series that was pretty much spun off of Toy Story and it kind of expanded on the like the Space Ranger stuff from the Toy Story films and kind of built an animated hand-drawn universe around that. Yep, and then there was also a there was a pilot film that kind of led into the series. Right, there was the movie that kicked it off. Yeah, and I think between the film and the animated series, he was voiced by two different people. Like in the movie, he was voiced by Tim Allen, but then in then the Patrick series... Warburton took over. Then Patrick Warburton took over. Right. But yeah, the reason why I brought up the movie Lightyear is I feel like, like for those who don't know, uh, Chris Evans, who is known for playing like the human torch in the older fantastic four films or captain America in the Marvel cinematic universe. Uh, he has been cast as buzz in this upcoming film. But after thinking about it for a little bit, I thought Vic Mignano could actually do a decent enough job. If not better, I'm not saying Chris Evans couldn't do it, but the reason why I thought Vic Mignano could is uh, he actually has kind of like an online web series called Star Trek Continues, which is, I want to say, an unofficial Star Trek spinoff type thing where he plays Captain Kirk. And I feel like since he has had some experience in sort of like space exploration characters, he could really pull that off. And with his wide range of voices he can do, I feel like he could really pull off a Buzz Lightyear voice. Okay. And then another one that came to my mind, which I feel like if this wouldn't stoke any 
controversy in today's world, which would make sense. I actually feel like he could do a like a Sean Yu from Mulan. Uh, which character is that? He's the villain in that movie. And I'm talking about the animated one, not the live action one that came out recently. Like the leader of the Huns? Yeah, the one that after he sends the two guys away, he's like, how many people do you think it takes to deliver a message? Oh, that was good. I don't remember that part, but that was good. Thank you. And the reason I thought of him is because one of his iconic characters that he's played, which was Broly from the Dragon Ball series, he is also known to have like a like a deep, threatening voice. So like I, I know people would probably not be too thrilled if he played him mostly because people especially in today's world they prefer if people from a certain culture were played by people from the same culture if that makes sense it would probably be wrong to have a white person play martin luther king for example yeah although i think the person who played Yu originally I think he was white, but I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But in any case, especially with how sensitive it is now, it probably wouldn't go over well. But if he were to somehow be able to play the role, I feel like with his deep voice that he can do, he would absolutely nail it. Okay. So those were a couple examples I thought of when being asked this question. Yeah, I thought of one myself. Sure. I tried finding like demos of past work Vic had done. I found mm -hmm. one video of him briefly doing a voice, like looking into a camera, doing a voice. And I started thinking, what if they had cast him as Hiccup in the How to Train Your Dragon franchise? That, interestingly enough, would be good idea i think like the, when i was looking at this and then listening to hiccup's voice again he kind of reminded me of another uh, main anime character that he's voiced called edward elric like their voices aren't exactly the same but they're very similar uh but yeah, Vic has shown that he is capable of doing a wide variety of voices, ranging from like the deep and boom, booming, excuse me, to the higher, somewhat squeakier things. So yeah, I could actually, when thinking about this, I could actually picture Vic Mignogna in a studio recording lines for the How to Train Your Dragon movies as Hiccup. So I feel like if I can do that, then that is a sign of a good voice actor. I think just just listening to that video kind of brought back like my vague memories of that character. Sure. <laughs> now, from what I remember, Jay Baruchel was perfectly fine, but I think Vic would have probably done equally well, if not better. I definitely agree. I don't know if Vic would be able to perfectly impersonate 
the person who already voices Hiccup, what'd you say his name was? Jay? Jay Baruchel. Right. I don't know if Vic could perfectly match his voice, but I feel like he would do a voice that is very, very similar. Like, he could definitely pull it off. Yeah, it's probably too late to switch it out now. It would, it would probably cause a continuity problem. Probably, and then I feel like they... If for some reason they were to continue the How to Train Your Dragon series, I would feel that people would get upset if they replaced Jay without a good reason to do so. So for now, they'll probably stick with Jay, but if for some reason they were to recast him, I'd point them in Vic's direction. Yeah, he'd probably be my first pick for the the new guy. I definitely would say so myself. One story that I think could be used to support the argument that celebs are used too much, possibly, mm -hmm. is the recent Scooby-Doo movie, Scoob. Okay, th was that movie delayed at one point, or was did that get out on time? Uh, no idea. Okay. The one lead actor they brought back who had done a lead role in Scooby-Doo Past, and when I say lead role, I mean Scooby and the Human Detectives, the one they brought back was Frank Welker. They brought him back for the title role. Like he played Scooby-Doo? Yeah. Okay. But they gave all the other leads to live-action celebs. I did hear about that, actually, because I think... When they uh, cast this cast, for a lack of a better word, of characters, uh, many people were upset when they found out that they didn't reach out to the guy who had been known for playing Shaggy. Like, they didn't even say anything to him. They were just like, okay, this guy's going to play Shaggy. Yeah. Matthew Lillard and Gray Delisle. Scooby-Doo cartoon veterans, both of them are. Right. The studio didn't say a word to them, which I, I think would have been the polite thing to do. They've been doing those roles for a long time. At least contact them and say, hey, we're developing a new Scooby-Doo movie, but we're thinking we might want some new recruits to help us sell it. Nothing personal. Yeah, I definitely would have thought that even if... They didn't say something like that. They would have at least gone to them first to see if they were interested in playing the characters. And if they weren't, then they would move on to whoever they cast in the final product. Or I probably would have recommended that they have the veterans watch the new candidates audition. And then they'd ask the veteran actors what they think. Or they could have just kept who they had. You know, that actually would have been an interesting idea to see. And it would have been considerate, probably, in a way. Oh, yeah. It, if they had at least said something, anything, they would have come across a little bit better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so if they're upset, you I don't know if you can really blame them. Yeah, I don't know if I ever heard what Matt's 
reaction was to that. All I know is that there were a lot of fans who were upset because they didn't say anything to him. I do remember reading a tweet from Gray Delisle, who had been voicing Daphne. She said, "And uh, they're not—they're uh, not bringing me back in. I've been doing this role for like twenty-five years." Yeah, that honestly blows me away. I really think they should have at least asked them first, but for whatever reason, they didn't, and that struck a chord for a lot of people for all the wrong reasons. I wouldn't say the celeb can't do an animated character well. In fact, I believe several have done very well. I'm just saying it's only fair to give those who specialize in voice acting at least a ghost of a chance. Well, yeah, if they cast somebody who, if they're famous and they don't have a lot of experience in voice acting, if any, then it's not going to come across nearly as well. Say you want somebody who people recognize, but you also want somebody who's good at it. Yeah, don't go cheap. Well, no. Like, go with somebody that you know is going to do well. I do, however... I do, however, believe there is a potential advantage to casting stars. I remember when I was talking about this sort of thing with my brother once, he said, well, I think it was their way of getting parents more interested. Now, when I think about it, animated films tend to appeal a lot more to kids. Kids will need their parents to take them in order to see the movies in the theater. They'll typically be sitting right there with them. A studio like Pixar could probably picture an adult sitting down in a theater and thinking, here it comes, another brain-dead, obnoxious, cheesier-than-craft-macaroni cartoon that I have to sit through for one and a half, or worse, two hours. What studio would want that, right? Yeah, uh, actually, I lost my tap for a second. Hang on. Yeah, that, that is definitely something they do, which is why I think they like to stick a lot of uh, references and jokes in there that adults might understand. It doesn't necessarily have to be an adult joke, but if it's something that at least they would find at least appealing, then that would help them sit through the film. Like a good example of this is when Robin Williams played the genie. Kids will most likely not understand most of his impressions of real life people or references to other films and media as they had not grown up with those things. But a lot of them will hit home for older audiences. And a prime example of this for me is when uh, Jeannie did an impersonation of Jack Nicholson partway through the film. And at the time, I had no idea who that was. So I thought it was just another funny voice he was doing. But now that I've grown up and know who Jack Nicholson is, I now understand the reference and find it funny for a whole different reason. I think at least sometimes if you bring in someone from like Seinfeld or SNL, it makes it 
makes the movie-going experience somewhat more comfortable and enjoyable for the parents. Oh, most definitely. Would, say, Cusco have struck the same chord had they not cast David Spade, you think? See, that is an interesting point, because I feel like another good sign of having made a good choice in who you select to voice a character comes from after watching the feature they're in. If you leave the theater or wherever it is you're watching it and you can't see anyone else doing that role, the studio definitely did something right. And since you brought up David Spade as Cusco, the first examples I thought of were the duo of Yzma and Kronk, who were played by Eartha Kitt and Patrick Warburton. The way they ended up portraying those two characters, not to mention the way they worked off each other, I honestly have trouble picturing anyone else doing it. They just made it so memorable. So I feel like the same could be applied to David Spade. The only work of um, Eartha Kitts that I'm really familiar with is like the New Groove franchise and right. that that movie of Disney's Holes in which she played the uh, like the wizard Madame Zeroni. Uh, but I I did I do know that she also played Catwoman for some time. And yep. from what I understand, that's a dark character. So, so in a way that, uh, you know, you could say that's proof that uh, the role fit her. Well, when she played Catwoman, that was during the time Adam West was playing Batman. And that series was a little bit more lighthearted than other versions. So it wasn't too dark, but she was... Very good at playing that character. I never really saw any like, clips of uh, her doing that. I uh, might be able to find it around if you do a little searching. Well, not all the leads have gone to big stars. For example, pretty much the whole lead cast of Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius was actors not known for a lot of live action work, if mm -hmm. any. Adventure. Was there a Jimmy Neutron movie, or are you basing this off the show? This was well, the movie that came out before the show. There was one. That, I had no idea there was a movie that came out beforehand. Like, was this also like uh, Star Command, where it was like a pilot that led into the series? I think. So I you had I'll have to look into that. So you had like like actors who were probably better known for a animated work like uh, Debbie Derryberry or or Carolyn Lawrence. Okay. And that film was one of the first batch of movies to be Oscar nominated for Best Animated Feature. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. Though Shrek won it. <laughs> well, I have a kind of a soft spot for that movie, especially since now that both of us actually were in the musical version. <laughs> and honestly, I would, I would probably say that Shrek is overall a stronger film. 
Yeah, I haven't seen much of Jimmy Neutron, so I probably would sound biased if I said the same thing. Or like you don't know what you're talking about. Well, yeah, like I've seen snippets of Jimmy Neutron over the years. In fact, recently, almost any time I go on YouTube, for whatever reason, one of the first recommended videos they have will be a 10-second clip of some random Jimmy Neutron scene. So maybe I'll have to check those out to really get a better feel for the show. Or maybe... Um... Or maybe the YouTube of Nickelodeon, or, or or some movie website, or something might uh, oh, might have something. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Wishful thinking, maybe. Yeah, maybe we'll see what happens when things start opening back up, and they can start uh, doing a lot more filming or animating again. So it's not like Robin Williams got the genie and then from that point, America's movie and TV idols got all the jobs. Yeah, I don't know if... I could... I don't know if... if uh, was Robin Williams their first choice for the genie? I'm trying to think, because I feel like... I don't know if it was Aladdin or some other movie, but I'm. I thought at some point I remember seeing... Somebody's saying Genie was originally going to be somebody else, but then they thought that Robin Williams would do a better job, or maybe they just thought of him right away. I'm not entirely sure, but I'd have to do more research on that. I know Billy Crystal was considered for the role of Buzz Lightyear, but, but he turned it down and eventually they cast Tim Allen. That I did not know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad they went with Alan because uh, I don't. I don't think it would have. It would have felt right with Billy Crystal in the role. Yeah, Billy Crystal. I feel like he, maybe he could do okay. Like the advantage that he has, I don't know if Tim Allen is good at this or not, but Billy Crystal. Is like a master at improv. So maybe he could get some comedic lines in there that even the scriptwriters didn't expect. But other than that, I'm not sure. Well, for one thing, you know, like the the space technical jargon that's in the scripts, you know, like like um, terillium carbonic alloy and whatever. It seems to mm, kind of be closer to the language of Tim Allen on on just about anything he's acted in, like especially Home Improvement or Last Man Standing, for one thing. Yeah, that that definitely makes a lot more sense. And I don't mean to be discriminating when I when I say this, but but here, if you heard that with a New York like a thick New York accent, it probably wouldn't sound sound serious or as feisty or that kind of thing. See, that's why I think there can't necessarily be a best actor or best voice actor in the world because really there can be talented actors that can provide a lot 
of different voices or portray a lot of different characters, but there are just some out there that they would not be able to do justice to. So while Billy Crystal is good, I don't think Buzz Lightyear would be a fitting role. At least without without some maybe dialogue rewriting for him to accommodate him. Yeah, but even so, I'm trying to think of Billy Crystal doing a voice similar to that. Like, I haven't seen too many roles of his where he does a somewhat deeper voice. Like, because Mike Wazowski, for example, his voice is a little bit higher. And then, like, uh, in Princess Bride, where he... I mean, he, he doesn't really change his voice for that one. But at the same time, it's still not as deep as Buzz Lightyear's. So okay. I, I don't know if I could see him portraying the character. No offense to him. No, no, I like Billy. He's good. Oh, yeah, I definitely do too. Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, parental guidance, which uh, you know, wasn't exactly a major hit as far as I know, but it's one of my favorite movies. I have not heard of that movie. What is it? Yeah, yeah. Billy Crystal plays a minor league baseball announcer uh, who gets fired from his job because he's considered too old fashioned. Okay. And so, and so then he and his wife um, get a phone call from their daughter asking them to, you know, you know, well, come and watch their kids while the husband is on business. All right. Yeah. When did this come out? Uh, like, like maybe like seven years ago, maybe. Okay, so it's fairly recent. Yeah, I like it. All right, I'll have to find a way to watch it. Is it any on... Excuse me, is it any... I cannot talk. Is it on any of the streaming services we talked about? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, so maybe I'll be able to find it somewhere, like at a library or other places that sell movies. Maybe. At the end of the day, I think the top casting choice criterion should be, can this actor make the character likable or interesting, or like the character was written to be like? Like, maybe don't give the role of a monotonous alley thug to Leah Michelle. Now, what brings her name up? Uh, I'm just, I was just trying to think of, you know, a type of personality that you couldn't easily associate with a certain actor, so it just kind of popped in. Like, is she known for playing monotonous alley thugs, or do you just not see her portraying such characters? It's just... I just think it's not that easy to see that, you know? Okay, sure. At least not without a thorough audition. Don't give her that. Right. It doesn't seem to match the personality I see in her. Well, I, I'm not too familiar with her work up to this point, so I'll have to take your word for that one. Yeah. yeah. But if it hypothetically did work, I'd probably like it. 
I was about to say, if she went through an audition and they could still see her doing it, then they might have seen something that we don't. Probably. And then I honestly feel that uh, getting cast in a certain role or as a certain character, it's really a lot like trying to get any other job. It can be really difficult at first because you have no experience at the time. So companies and studios will have no idea if you would be a good addition or not. But once you start to get your foot in the door, you'll gradually get up to bigger and better things and your name will be spread out further. And because of that, the previous companies that didn't give you a second glance will suddenly be like, wait a minute, this person is actually really good. We should cast him in this particular role for the film that we're doing right now. So really, an audition is pretty much the acting version of applying for a job. Only probably more competitive. Right. And then, let's see, what did you say about Liam Michelle? Role of monotonous. Okay. So when you were saying giving the role of a monotonous alley thug, it made me think of kind of an opposite problem where well-known actors are typecast, which is basically meaning they only get cast as a certain thing or like a certain personality. Because on one hand, it's a good idea because the studios will then know they can play the character so they won't have to worry about whether or not they made a good investment or decision at that point. But at the same time, it's a double-edged sword because if they're only cast as one thing, then that person will probably not be cast as much other stuff. And if they try to go away from that path and they do something that people are not used to, they might be less inclined to enjoy it because they don't know or rather they have not seen this kind of character portrayed by this person before. So they're a lot more skeptical. I was just thinking about Marilyn Monroe as an example of like, like typecasting gone wrong. You know, she, um, she got a lot of like very extremely sexual roles and, and apparently she liked it at first, but, uh, but soon, but eventually at some point felt that she wasn't, uh, wasn't being taken as seriously as she would have liked to be. And, and, and in a way, I guess that led to, uh, led to her, um, going a bit heavy on the drugs and eventually dying young. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so you probably don't want to be too selective. No, you want to keep your, uh, your options open. Yeah, but at the same time, studios don't want to spend long hours thumbing through uh, through files or flipping through research on the internet trying to figure out around who should we call. Or right, they want to they want to get a job done. They want to not wait. They don't want to waste time. Um, 
I'm looking for candidates, making all the calls they can probably. Sure. I mean, there's sometimes cases of what is kind of like a talent scout that goes to a sports game to look at a particular athlete where they will check out a certain person's previous work. And then based on that, they will make a decision of whether or not they'll fit for this current role that they're working on. So sometimes doing prior research can be good, especially if you're not sure. But yeah, like you said, they won't want to use up too much time trying to figure that out. No, no. no. Well, it's a business, you know. You can't wa you can't waste time. You probably can't waste too much time just uh, just uh, waiting through stuff like that, you know. Dead, uh, deadlines, expect expectation from stockholders or whatever. Investments have to be made. Um, Got to make sure everything works. Uh, if, but if you don't know all the details right away, like who's going to play what character or where some things are going to take place or be shot, then they will very much be in trouble. Well, uh, yeah, I think we, uh, this has been a good discussion. Oh yeah. We definitely covered a lot of ground on this one. Okay. Yeah. I think, uh, we probably, uh, gave you guys a lot to think about and, mm -hmm. you know, you know, I, I know I would like to uh, I know I would like to see some opinions of yours out there and know what what you think about anything that we've said. Leave that in the comments on Facebook or YouTube. And as always, we're on we're on Facebook, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Um, all our info is on Facebook and YouTube. Yep. You can email. You can email right. Facebook message us with any ideas, any thoughts on what you've heard, what you've watched. Yeah, I personally would love to see anyone's comments on who they thought was a character that they could not see anyone else portraying other than the person who did it. Yeah, that'd be a good question, you know. No. So um, if you would like... People tell us, you know, who, who do you think would, that's been cast in a certain animation role would, would be just totally irreplaceable. Uh, we would both love to see it. Let us know in the comments or via email or Facebook. I think that's the only places they can. Does uh, Anchor have a way to comment or no? I don't think. I don't know. Okay, I didn't think they did, but I didn't want to leave that out in case that was an option. All right. So, um, all right. I guess that'll be it for now. You know, just yep. keep following our Facebook, our YouTube, all our platforms, and we will see you again soon. Absolutely. We'll be back hopefully next week for another conversation. Yeah, that'd be good. Yep. Until then, 
We're out. See Take ya. care, everyone.